Well, I'm here at the Las Colinas Counseling Center to see Dr. Jonathan Coote, 10.30, but someone is late because it is 10.45 a.m. So that's a difference we'll have to talk about. One is on time, maybe one isn't. One has a concept of time, one doesn't. One procrastinates, one doesn't. One pushes everything to the edge and the ledge, one doesn't. That's a good thing to talk about, especially when you're here with Dr. Jonathan Kude. Now I want you to watch this guy's eyebrows. He has some of the best eyebrows. I don't have very much of an eyebrow, but his eyebrows are unbelievable. I got hair transplants, maybe I could have some Jonathan Kude eyebrow transplants too, but they, I think he's so smart they'd like feed on his brain and go up. And so the only thing that can get you off the subject when you're talking to Dr. Kude is you're like, what, man, those eyebrows. Hey guys. Hey, Dr. Hey, Coos. Good to see you. Great to see you. How are you doing, Jonathan? I'm doing great, man. Yes, sir. Good to see you. Great to be here. Yeah. We're looking forward to this. Yes. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. uh, interesting. Yes, it will be. You guys come on back. Thank you, sir. Welcome to the Love, Fight, Win seminar. Lisa and I are with the renowned Dr. Jonathan Coos. Jonathan, thank you so much for taking some time oh, with sure. us to talk about, about this. Yeah, happy to be here with you guys. Actually, glad you guys are here. I thought we might just start off where we left off last session. <laughs> yes. We need... I know. This, this. We need to come by and, and talk to you again. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think you've said it before, Jonathan, that, you know, just like anyone needs an accountant, you need a lawyer. Sure. If you're into golf, maybe a golf coach, and yeah. you, need, you need a marriage coach. I mean, Ed, Ed and I unashamedly talk about the benefit of counseling mm -hmm. in our lives, and... Um, I don't think you can do that to share that with right. other people mm -hmm. unless you've um, grasped it yourself. And for our marriage, it's been beneficial. And um, I think everybody who attends the seminar, I know you're going to um, definitely benefit as well. Yeah. But there are times that you definitely need to hit this stuff up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Get in on the couch, couch time there. Yeah, I think for uh, uh, marriages that are struggling a lot, it's obviously very beneficial, but also for great marriages that just want to tweak some things mm -hmm. and get even better, we can always improve our skills. Exactly. Whether it's golf or yes. communication, conflict, uh, dealing with areas that are uh, more perpetual, those, mm -hmm. are, those are a big part of our conflicts, obviously, in, yeah. in marriage. And just getting better at that is, I think. A, yeah. Tell me about the, uh, the uh, perpetual mm. conflicts in marriage, because I know you talk about because that a lot. Don't have much yeah, we don't have any conflict. <laughs> That's right. I'm you know, um, for sure. You yeah. know, we're joking, don't you? Actually, <laughs> actually uh, even from a research-based perspective, we know that about uh, almost seventy percent of all of our conflicts are based in these perpetual issues, and there's really personality-based differences. Some people are just more interested in, in parenting than the other. Uh, some people might be more interested in connecting. Those are examples of perpetual issues. Uh, uh -huh. One person uh, may th have a diff different perspective on time or uh, boundaries and, and things like that. So uh, only about 30% of the, the, the conflicts we have do we actually fix or solve and move on and don't revisit them. So okay. kind of amazing. That was real yeah. But is that not is that not depressing? Well, actually, we have to we have to deal with the same stuff over and over and yeah. over and over again. Well, uh, or I, what does it say? And I'm sorry. What does it say to 
self-improvement. Yeah. Like if they're the same yeah. things happening all the time. Well, I think uh, for me, when I began to first realize in my marriage that how come I keep circling back to these same types of issues? Uh, uh, it was kind of comforting to know that, okay, these might not be solvable, so I have to get better at managing them. Okay. Uh, making sure that we don't hurt each other in the, in the conflict process. And I think that is the, the most important thing. Uh, so what are, what are some of your, you guys' perpetual issues okay. that you found out over the last 30, 30 years? I think personality. Yeah. Oh, yes. Personality, yeah. Uh -huh. Yes. I, I said, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Heck, yes. Yeah, personality. Yeah? Yeah. I'm not. How would you describe that? The differences between mm -hmm. us? I would say personality and family background. Mm, yes, yeah. It's um, always huge. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Our families were... We had common things in our faith. You know, right. our, I come from a Christian background. Ed comes from a Christian background. But as far as, you know, how our parents navigated their relationship, mm -hmm. my parents were very different than his parents. And It's interesting that I would say looking at it now, um, kind of a Google Earth type view, that Lisa's family has more of a true sense of family than even our family. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that, yeah. that, that sounds a little bit harsh, which, but, but which it's... Which means that that's real important to me. Right. A lot yeah. of familial stuff. Yeah. I like, the, you know, I love including, you know, our children or even my family. Right. I'm always thinking you about define my, it. my mm -hmm. mom, In my sister. Way. I think about that a lot. Whereas it, for him, it's not as big a deal. I think you said something there that, that's really important. It, it is more important to me. And I, I think in our conflicts and marriage, that's really what we begin to understand that, wow, I didn't know this was as important as it was, but it must be mm -hmm. more important because yeah. we keep kind of struggling uh, through that. And I think one of the many benefits of conflict is to help clarify what really is important and uh, to be able to express that and uh, either compromise or just have some sense of understanding. In fact, it's kind of interesting. We were doing this on conflict last night and and I were going out. Uh, to meet ex uh, extended family for for dinner, and she was running <clears throat> late. So, <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> which I was for this session. Well, yeah, so yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. empathize with her. Yeah, a little surcharge on that, but that's okay. <laughs> so, no, um, and, and so uh, that got us into some tension uh, and, and and really some conflict. Although our conflict is not totally overt, we don't yell mm -hmm. and scream, you know, or anything like that. But I started talking to her this morning, actually, as I was getting ready, and I was giving her examples from my childhood about where uh, we were going to vacation Bible school and I was supposed to have a part and we, my family was late and my part was given away. My little reading was given away. And I, I don't think I'd ever shared that story because the family of origin, the more we, stories we tell when, uh -huh. these, when these conflicts are triggered, I think it gives the other person great understanding, a lot of empathy. It probably and, paints a picture uh, for them, an illustration. Yeah. I That's love that telling stories. Yeah. Yeah. I've never, I've never heard that, John. Yeah, just brilliant. Because that lets that does a couple of things. One, it lets your partner really mm -hmm. begin to say. Wow, that's why he's so rigid with time, uh -huh. which I can be at times. Well, and I grew up um, where my, our family, our home, you know, where we lived, my mom's twin sister lived right next door mm. and her family. And then my grandparents lived within a mile away. Mm -hmm. And then aunts and uncles 
all over. So we would regularly get together, regularly do things right. as a family. Um, and I think with Ed, you know, he lived farther away. There wasn't, it was just mom, dad, mm -hmm. and the brothers. And so more maybe structural attachment. They're just there. Yes. Right, right. But mom and dad mm -hmm. as right. opposed to more uh, emotional connection yeah. attachment. Yeah. And then there's, uh, you know, how I, I guess we grew up with conflict resolution. Um, in my family, uh, there was more volatility, I mm -hmm. think, expressed. I mean, how communication, there was a lot of anger or it, it bottled up until one big explosive yeah. thing. And so, you know, he grew up where that was not the case. So. I guess bringing all that together, then when he and I have our issues, I just right. want to sweep it under the carpet right. until all of a sudden, choom, it, it blows. Yeah, and that is, uh, I always say, conflict avoidance, all is that is doing is setting you up for more conflict mm -hmm. because you do put it under the rug, and the more you put it under the rug, eventually it's noticed and mm -hmm. has to be uh, dealt with. Yeah, I think, uh, again, as you've talked about in this series, a lot of... Uh, uh, people can't see the benefit of, of it. But it really is the price we pay for inti intimacy for more understanding of, of each other. I wish, I mean, obviously 35 years in and we dated for six years, yeah. so we were, we've learned a lot and it, it, it's easier to have that Google Earth perspective mm -hmm. when sure. we're at this point. But, oh, the benefit if we had had premarital sure. counseling and been able to recognize some of these things to go in to the marriage with information mm -hmm. as opposed to kind of stumbling upon it. Welcome to Fellowship. I'm Ed and this is my wife, Lisa. I want to welcome all of our different locations. You know, we have locations everywhere. One church in many different areas. And we're talking, Lisa, about conflict in marriage and conflict in dating relationships as well because conflict before the wedding runner segues into conflict after the wedding runner. So we really need to understand what fighting is all about. And just as we ended the little video segment, um, I referenced that Ed and I did not have premarital counseling and how we stumbled through so many issues and conflicts in our marriage, especially in those early days of marriage. And so one of the reasons that we're so intent about sharing our relationship and encouraging others in their relationships is so that you don't stumble through. Yes, you're gonna have certain times where stumbling is inevitable, but we want all marriages, all relationships, all dating relationships, not to stumble, but to travel well, to be victorious. What is our thought? We're gonna fight, love, fight, win. And we want these relationships to be winning relationships. Yeah, and last time we talked about what love is all about, true love, and, and many times we don't have a, a, a holistic definition of what love is. We got love from maybe the media, or maybe we get it from Hollywood, and obviously they, 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 they try, but don't really have it. Our culture tries to come up with things about love, yet the source of love is our great God. And we talked about what love is last time. So if you missed it, go online and check it out. Today, though, we talk about, okay, when you have that true love, 
You've got two people, though, who are imperfect, two, as you say, Lisa, self-centered sinners. And when you have a couple of self-centered sinners in a relationship, you're going to have a bunch of self-centered sinning. You're going to have some conflict. You're going to have disagreements. I'm sure in all the different locations, just as there was here, there's just this slight little... <laughs> yes, yeah, a little bit uncomfortable. When we mentioned self-centered you talking about conflict Nobody wants to admit that they mess up. None of us do, and especially in marriage conflicts, in relational conflicts. I don't want to admit that I'm the one that's fumbled the ball, that's, that's uh, messed up, gone out of bounds. I don't, I don't like to admit that. Uh, no, women don't, really. Oh, uh, I... I was not speaking from a gender perspective. Well, that's true. I just want to say this. I was speaking from a And guys, I, I know you're spouse. afraid to laugh because you don't want to get elbowed, but men, this is one of the good things about being a man. We Okay, tell us to, at least one good okay, thing about tend, being a man. We will ask for forgiveness and forgive and forget quicker than Gen, the woman. As attorneys would say, generally speaking. Well, I would almost say every time, but oh, let's please. just say generally speaking. I don't believe that. And guys, you know I'm right. You know I'm right. <laughs> Down deep, you're going, oh man, that That's dude is preaching. That's for ulterior motives, because uh -huh, when the uh -huh. apology comes, the makeup comes. Yeah. So maybe that's it. Oh yeah, you'll figure that out sooner but Lisa, or later. But you know what, too? We, <laughs> we, we are turning away from each other. We have disagreements, fights, conflict. We turn away. There's a turning away. Yet, because we have this, this supernatural love active, we turn back towards one another, and that's only real reconciliation only happens because we realize, man, I've been reconciled to God through Christ, and because marriage reflects that, then I should rush to reconcile with my spouse. Does that, does that make sense? That's, that's how the gospel the death, burial, and the resurrection is lived out in marriage. Now, if you're not a believer, if you're like kicking tires and testing the waters about this whole Christianity thing, that's one of the, well, that's, that's the essence of Christianity. And it's something that, quite frankly, Lisa, has kept our marriage at a top priority, and it's the reason we have a great marriage. And I've said this before, and, and, and don't freak, but, and Lisa said it too, we've written about this. If if we didn't have Jesus in our lives, we wouldn't be married today. Our marriage would not have worked. I agree with that. So Jesus and his reconciliation is the foundation for how you and I resolve conflict. And it's important that we, we figure out this conflict thing because what happens when, when you have two self-centered sinners and conflict arises, the tendency is for me, because I like to be right, I like to be victorious, I wanna win, I go into our conflicts with a perspective of me winning. But it's not about me winning. Conflict is used best when we navigate through it and then both of us win. Because if I focus on me winning or if Ed focuses on him winning, then what happens? We have a loser in the relationship. Someone wins, someone loses. And I don't wanna be married to a loser, neither do you. So in order for us to navigate through conflict, we have to set our winning motivation aside as an individual and grasp 
that we want to win together. We it's want this conflict it's to that take oneness. us. We want this yes. conflict to take us to a new level in our relationship. And I can honestly say over all the years of our marriage that whatever conflict we've experienced when dealt with correctly, we have come out better for it. We're, our, our relationship is deeper. We love each other more. And it's hard, as we talked about last time, for me to even imagine that I love Ed more today than I did 35 years ago, in spite of the conflicts that we've had. Well, so, think, again, go back to the gospel, all right? We, we were at war with the Lord. We turned away from him. The reconciliation work was done by Jesus, and it brought us to a new level. Obviously, that's a macro-type situation. Well, the thing can happen, that same reconciliation can happen in a micro-level in marriage when we have turned away, reconciliation, a deeper level. We turn away, reconciliation, a deeper level. So that is the beauty of the gospel. That's what real love is about. You've got agape love, unconditional love, you've got brotherly love, phileo, then you have the erotic sexual chemistry called eros love. Three loves in a relationship. Yet, Lisa, if you think about it, marriage is more on the, 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 the warm and cool side than it is on the hot side all the time. And I know a lot of singles, especially a lot of students here are like, oh no, when I get married, it's gonna be hot 24 seven, man. Hot, 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 hot. You'll definitely have times of heat. That kind of sounded weird, but you'll definitely have times when it's hot. That's part of love. But you cannot, you, you, you cannot thrive and survive when it's just hot, 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 because that fades like a good because pair of 501 what jeans. What happens when conflict comes? The heat dissipates and it's icy cold. Yeah. And how do you navigate through that? Well, we want to share with you several ways to do that. The first is to communicate truthfully. Truthfully. In conflict, communicate truthfully. I have a difficult time with this. Not giving truth, but receiving truth, especially when it comes from Ed, because I tend to become defensive when he shares truth about my personality, truth about my behavior, truth about an issue. And I imagine that there are many who are hearing my voice and you're like, oh yeah, I understand. I think, I think I you're more defensive than I am. Uh, definitely more defensive. Who in here would be the most defensive in your marriage? Those who are married, just lift your hand. Who's the most defensive? That's okay. It tends Good. to be, well, there's a couple men who's raising yeah. their hands, but I, I, get, I get defensive. But think about it this way. The person who is best suited to tell me the truth other than God's word is my husband. He's best suited for that. So rather than being defensive, I need to be receptive to hearing the truth. But that is coupled with the next one. Tender. Communicate tenderly. Tenderly. Because the truth delivered harshly will definitely cause us to be defensive. So you have to wrap truth in tenderness. Yeah, truth and love, tenderness. Truth and love, truth and tenderness. love. Proverbs 15.1 says, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but harsh words cause quarrels. And you're much better at that than I am. At tenderness? Yes. Thank you. Okay. And she really then, is. And then we should communicate timely. 
Oh, I'm now you're definitely better than me at yeah, the, the right Ed, time. Ed Timing is oh, Lisa's great at that. Ed in our relationship, Ed tends to say whatever he's thinking, and it just sue me comes out. It just you know, he I do. It, he thinks it. He says it. But I don't say I don't say rude things all the time to people. I'm not talking about you know. Some people are like, yeah, man, I just I, I just I just tell it like it is, and you're like, whoa, you know, I'm, I don't mean like that, but no, I'll just no, no, say no, no. things maybe at the wrong time, like right before we're going to bed, I might say something like, uh, yeah, I had this conversation with so-and-so, and and Lisa's like, honey, I don't wanna hear about that right now. That causes stress and anxiety. Or I might say, Lisa, I'm tired of of you, I mean, really, of blowing your nose, because Lisa blows her nose. That's one of the pet peeves that I have with her. She blows her nose more than anyone I've ever seen in my life. Let me ask you a question real quick. And this is putting her on the spot, but that's okay. Okay, wait, 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 okay. wait, wait. And, and I, and no, I no, do stop, something too stop, that stop, messes stop. her up. Stop, stop. Okay, we talked last time about sharing our biggest arguments, okay? Yeah. Okay, as we were talking about this, this in preparation, we could not remember specifically any major arguments that we really were worth bringing up. Most arguments stem from power, money, and sex. Those are the three big issues in marriage and relationships, power, money, and sex. However, there are little pet peeves that are recurring that can cause us to have, you know, we we might just see our spouse in a not so pretty light. Yeah, and the nose blowing for me, I know it sounds crazy, but he gets on my nerves. Was, Most people blow their nose. I don't even blow my nose very much with a, a tissue. Maybe, I don't even blow it once a day. Lisa will blow her nose easy 15 times a day. It's almost like. <laughs> and, and, and by her bedside table, it's like a mountain stacked with tissue. I want to ask you, how many people in here blow your nose more than five times a day? See, ha, very ha, few. Ha, ha, ha. She's at 15. <laughs> Not blow my nose 15 But times tell them a day. what I do that drives you cuckoo for cocoa puffs because I do something and I just, it's, it's horrible. Just say it. Well, Ed hums and sings and taps <laughs> all the time. All the time. By that, well, usually not simultaneously. <laughs> but he, he hums, just hums like. He'll be making, uh, working on his message, and I'll hear humming, and I'll he'll walk down the hallway, and you'll hear humming, and then you he'll be in the kitchen making a smoothie, humming. I'll be in the, come up to the office, and Ed's in his office humming, and that sounds like such a trite and trivial thing. It absolutely drives me crazy. We'll sit down for a meal, and Ed will be humming. He also. I sing. He sings. I make songs up. I make I make songs up. All that raps, country western, classical, whatever. And, and here's the bad thing. And, and he and, thinks and, it's awesome. And I do. But I will like sing in different people's voices, and this makes her a little bit mad. I will sing like her mother sings. Love is in the air. Ooh. Yeah, I do, oh, yeah. and I just love that imitating and his favorite you know, joking thing around to, and his favorite thing is to imitate my mother singing rock and roll songs. Oh yeah, my mom's ninety Elva years Lee old. Elva Lee sings the classic rock. We're climbing a stairway to heaven, <laughs> or whatever it is. 
And I can laugh about it now, but if I'm in a serious... Yeah, but no, not always. If I'm in a serious, let's get things done mood, I don't want to hear my mother singing Stairway to Heaven. And, And he hums, or if we're out on a date, he'll start tapping, tapping, just tapping different beats. And of course, this is an insult to his tapping because he actually was a drummer. And so he can really put a beat down on the the dashboard. And he will ask me, he'll say, can you match that beat? And I'm like, I don't want to match that beat. He goes, no, 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 seriously, Lisa. I I think you can. Come on, you can do this. And I'm like, Ed, I really don't care about beating on the dashboard. And he will insist until I do it. And, And that is minor in the grand schemes of marital conflict. But those are just two things that drive us crazy. But here's what we found. Those, those Kleenex arguments and the humming slash singing arguments, even though they're a little bit irritating, can lead sometimes into... Because often if Ed's talking to me about the Kleenex and, you know, Lisa, I think you blow your nose too much, then I raise my defenses and I'll start saying, well, let me tell you what you do too much. And then I'll go from humming to things that are maybe a little bit more serious and more deeply. And so it's important that timing is considered because we have to put our, we have to make sure we're dealing with conflict outside of high emotional times, not when we're in the heat of the argument. Yes, you want to diffuse an argument, Mm -hmm. but you want to make sure you're dealing with it when your emotions aren't ruling and common sense and that thought of we want to discuss this, we want to get reconciliation so we can be better for it. You are great though at approaching me with issues at the right time. And that's not always my best. So I want to congratulate you, you on that. Thank you, thank you, thank you you. You, you. you do well. And like for example, if I'm going through, if I'm studying or it's before or after you know, a long weekend of speaking, you're not going to dump something negative or say, you know, blah, blah, blah to me. And I, I greatly appreciate that. And and now that I've shared with you that, you know, at the end of the day, when I'm trying to relax and kind of wind down, I don't want to face a lot of issues, you know, right before bedtime, because, you know, that takes away from the relaxation. And I shared that with you and communicated that with you. Communication is huge. I think a lot of times, especially women, we think that our husbands learn things through osmosis. It's like, oh, well, I'm sitting next to him. Surely he gets this. And that's not true. We have to communicate. So you communicate truthfully. You communicate tenderly. You communicate timely. And then also tactfully. And that kind of goes with the tenderness thing. It does. With tact. But too often we speak to our spouses in a way that we would never speak to a friend. Now that right there is brilliant. Did you hear that? That's brilliant. And, and Think about your best friend, you know. If I wouldn't treat my friend like that, why would I treat that person that I am committed to and have a covenant before God with? So it's important that we communicate in these ways. And that brings us to, to the Ten Commandments of fighting. Would you like to know those? Yes. The and, Ten Commandments. And hey, if you're single... This is so great that you can learn this now. We did not, Lisa and I did not receive marital, premarital counseling. And and I'm telling you, no matter how cool you are, what you look like, how much money you have or don't have, whatever your culture is, skin color, forget it, you will deal with these issues. 
You and will. You, and you and I truly yes. stumbled upon these commandments because yeah. we figured out that these were things that we were doing in our relationship that was detrimental. It was causing us to, to have resentment. And, and so we kind of created these out of common sense and out of experience. The first one is thou shalt not use absolutes. You never. You always. Every single time. Those words, those words have a way of making us feel like total failures. Do you if think you, you do that more or do you think I do that more using absolutes? You always use it. No. <laughs> Whoa, no, that scared that, me right there. That was self-indicting, wasn't it? That was self-indicting. No, I tend to do that more because that, I think those words arise out of emotion. They come out of emotion and in yes. my feelings-based attitude, my feelings-based uh, drama or whatever you want to call it, I will tend to say, Ed, you always do that. One of the things that... Um, Ed yeah, Lisa, Lisa's not... I would not call you a high drama or high maintenance no. person. No. No, I'm no. much more high maintenance, yes. much more yes. than Lisa. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Can I get an amen? Okay. <laughs> you are. You I are. Am. It's okay. I admit it's okay. It. And sometimes that's a cause of, of contention between the two of us because yes, I'm, like, it is. I'm like, why can't you be like me? I mean, do you ever think that about your spouse? Why can't you be more like me? Yeah. How boring would that be in our relationship if Ed was more like me? It would be dull. And if, if, if I was exactly like Ed, well, wheels off, we'd be in the ha-ha. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it would be comedy hour all the time. And not really. You're not like comedian all the time, but you are funny. Yeah, people sometimes ask, you know, me or, or ask you, I mean, He's, what is... Wait a minute, wait a minute, let me correct that. I'm sorry I'm interrupting, which is one of the commandments. But anyway, um, <laughs> you interrupt me a lot, so I'm getting back at you. So... Um, <laughs> It's okay. No, no, no. Ed, Ed is, is, is so energetic. I mean, can you imagine if I had that energy? I, don't, I mean, how would we function? You are very energetic. Thank you. You were the person, I mean, seriously, when he had the open heart surgery, I'm like, I cannot believe this man. He's had his chest cracked wide open, all this serious stuff done. And man, he was like, when the nurse said, hey, you need to breathe in this machine and you need to do this level, Ed did it. And it wasn't quite the level that they had were, was the goal, which was supposed to be the goal after several days. And Ed said, no, 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 I'm gonna do it again. I wanna do it again. And he would blow and it was that level. And he, he, he conquered everything. And I think it's a tribute to your energy and your enthusiasm for life and all of that. And kudos Athleticism. to you. Athleticism, yeah. Testosterone level. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I'm sorry. I got off track there. But you know what someone told me about marriage? Think about this. Marriage, marriage is, is a place where you learn to do what you don't want to do. Isn't that great? And it sounds negative, but it's not. Because marriage is the catalyst for spiritual maturity. That's why we have to fight right. Yeah. So don't That's use so good. absolutes. Number two, thou shalt not become... Historical. I didn't say hysterical. Historical. Now, that's pretty much for the women because, guys, I, I know I'm not as smart as Lisa. They can remember stuff. Do you remember 10 years ago, honey, when you said, nye, nye, nye. 
Let's just go to the next one. Number three. <laughs> There's no use to say anything about that. But don't, to me, don't, bring, don't dredge up the past. Yep. yep. You stay, stay in the moment stay in with, the, the, moment. with and, the relevant and please, topic. Yes, stay and guys, in the moment with the we don't like topic. that because that's unfair, you know, because they're smarter than we are. Because see, women understand stuff on a multi-sensory level and we don't. And it's like, it's like fighting some UFC guy. You, you, you don't have any... <laughs> mixed martial arts training, you're in the ring and, and you're fighting a UFC guy and just, you know, you're done. So guys, we cannot, once they go hyster I'm historical, I almost said hysterical, historical, forget it, it's over. Number stay, three. Stay in the present day. Number three, thou shalt not name call. Ooh, uh -oh. have you ever said you're acting just like your blank? <laughs> your mother. <laughs> <laughs> or your dad. Mm -hmm. Okay, how many people in here, I'm, I'm not going to raise my hand, nor is Lisa. Well, we will. How many people, how many married couples have ever called your spouse by their, their parents' name before? Just kind of joking around. Not joking around. Oh, it's being serious. Okay, being serious. <laughs> I mean, oh, we have some liars in the room. This is hilarious. I know in Miami we're being honest. Only like four people did. I don't believe that at all. You gotta no, be truthful. No, just, just um, you notice certain behaviors. Okay, how about have you ever thought that? Forget saying it. Maybe you've thought that. Lift your hand. Oh, every single <laughs> hand is going up. God bless you from the balcony. Just, I see them oh, just, at all the campuses. I'm just so impressed with those people who are will, who are so able to bite your tongue. And that, so if uh, you're good. sitting next to somebody who is able to bite their tongue, then you need to get information from them and, and figure it out. Because we all turn into our parents. It, we but, do. But it is possible to we refrain. Fight it. The great thing is, is, you, is we look at our relationships, and yes, Ed come, came into our marriage with his what? Family background. Family background on how he uh, you know, does life, on how he settles conflict, all these different things that are from his family of origin. Yes. I came into our relationship the same way. So obviously there are traits that he has that are positive from his family and negative from his family. And that's why I said too, Lisa, let me interrupt you for a second, which is a sin that I have, interruption, but, but, but I, I, love, I love what you said about your family. Your family of origin was more, more structured and you did things more. Whereas, it probably sounded like I was talking about our family, not our family here, but my family of origin did not do as many familial things together as Lisa's. Her family was planned. Mine was like, wah, out there. Her family, when it came to, to conflict resolution, you heard more conflict, mm -hmm. and, and there was probably some, a, little bit, a little bit more threatening, okay, in your situation. In my situation, I didn't hear very much conflict because pretty much what dad said, that was it, okay? So we brought that into our right. marriage without any training so you can see what the result of that yeah. would be. So it's important if you're dating, talk about the style, talk about the conflict that you were brought up with. And don't compare. That's the next don't commandment. Don't compare. Number four, thou shalt not compare. Don't compare your spouse to the spouse of a friend. No. Don't compare your spouse to someone you're seeing on television. Don't compare your spouse to anyone 
uh, it's 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 not fair to compare. It's unfair to compare. And the only person we should aspire to be like is Jesus. That's who we should be aspiring to be like. Now I've yes. had I've had role models in my life. I've had role models in my life. Ed's mother was a role model for me. She lived her life in such a godly way. That's Amazing. awesome. If Ed were to say, "Oh wow, Lisa, you're so much like my mother and how she loved the Lord." then I would take that as a huge That's, compliment. If he said, oh, you're just like my mother, she scuffed her feet when she walked across the room, that would not be so much of a compliment. So, right? That's right. Right, so, so it's better, unless you're offering a compliment, not to compare your spouse to anyone and um, just celebrate who they are and if, they, if there's an issue you want to deal with it, communicate it in the ways we mentioned earlier. Number five, thou shalt not threaten. Threaten. What does that look like? Well, if you don't do blank, if you say that again, I'm going to blank. Right. So basically that's if you're not getting your way, you're going to punish your I'll spouse. take my ball and go home. Yes. Kind of. You're going to uh, punish your spouse for hurting your feelings. Right? And that makes you superior because you're the punisher. And we're, we're in a relationship together. And so our goal is to both be winners. So when I threaten Ed and demean Ed and make him feel less than, I'm really doing that as well to myself. So don't threaten. Don't well, hold things over their or, head. Or divorce. Don't, don't use the D word. Yes, which I think is one of the other commandments. But, I know, but I just wanted to say that. Just, just don't, yeah. But, but one but, of the things with threatening too, and I think women do this, um, if our feelings are hurt, we'll say, well, no sex for you. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. And you hold that over your head. And what you have to consider and what is your privilege to consider is that you, as a spouse, you are the gift to your spouse of the sexual nature. You are the sexual gift to your spouse. So to hold something so sacred and so beautiful back to punish them or threaten them, it's just not right. Number six. Wow. I've never heard Ed so quiet. Doubt shot. Doubt shot. Is that not right? You're exactly right. Okay, okay good. Yes. Yes. Thou shalt not interrupt. That's, that's probably a motivator too, I'm, I'm serious, for guys to apologize so rapidly. Probably you know, we so. want to say, I'm sorry, okay, forgive me, let's make love. Number six, thou number shalt, six. Number six, thou shalt not interrupt. When thou you're shalt in the, not interrupt, and that's the sin that I have. I, 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 and I've seen it, and I've watched it, and I'm sorry about that. Thou shalt not interrupt. One of the things in conflict is the ability to communicate, and if you're constantly interrupting the person who's communicating, then you're not being fair in the fight. So allow the person to speak their mind, wait your turn, and then share your response. However, don't let your response be just a response to the words that they're saying. Let your response be timely for the situation that is being dealt with. Too often when Ed is talking to me, I'm thinking of retaliation. My response is gonna be retaliation to the words he just said, rather than listening Whoa. and absorbing the situation and saying, oh, let me process that and then respond. And you know what? Do not correct your spouse when he or she are telling stories. Let me say that again. Come on. That's not one of the commandments. Do but. not. Yeah, it's about interrupting. Don't correct them. 
here, how many times have we been with someone at dinner, we, we, we talked to couples, and, and, and the husband or wife will launch into a story, and yeah, we went to Vail, Colorado. No, it wasn't Vail. It no, it wasn't Vail. Yeah. yeah, and we were going, to, it seemed like we were going like 30 miles an hour. We weren't going 30 miles an hour. It was, it was about only, 10 miles an hour. Yeah. I mean, just shut up and let your spouse because, tell the dang story. <laughs> Because if you think and about you it, do said, those details really do make a difference in the story? Oh my gosh, it wears me out. And I, think, I think women are more guilty of that well, than even Well, I wasn't going to say it, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, Here, so, yeah, and it, that, that, that can drive a man cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, but also uh, well, too, here's something else that I, that I want to say. I just want to get this off my chest. As we're talking about the commandment, thou shalt not interrupt. Go ahead. Okay. So you're launching into a story and, and the tendency is to interrupt. Just let the person, let, the, let your spouse talk, okay? Also too, this is interesting. Watch this. This is, this is what I've noticed. Watch how a spouse watches and looks at their spouse while the spouse is talking or sharing a story you can tell in a nanosecond if they have a good marriage or not. Several nights ago, we were at dinner with a couple. I'm trying to look at you so meaningfully. No, no, right no, 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 no. We were, at, <laughs> we were at dinner at a couple, and I just glanced over. It was amazing how they both would look at each other and connect, and, and they were into the story. We've been with many other couples, many other couples. One's telling a story, the other's like... rolling their eyes. Number seven, thou shalt not give up. That's, that's just the point at which you think, oh, I'm throwing in the towel. Crash through quitting points. Crash through quitting points. Most problems are solvable. It's a question of whether or not you have a hard heart, a hard heart toward your relationship. Yes. What do you need to do to soften your heart? Number eight, thou shalt not keep score. Or score keep. Yeah, don't think, okay, I've got I've got to have another W. That's in just kind of like, yeah, I've got to have another losers. W in the win column. I've got to. I've got to win. I've got to win. You Thou shalt not psychoanalyze. Don't become the armchair expert. I know we've watched a lot of Oprah and a lot of Dr. Phil, but really, other than the biblical truth that we apply first to our own lives before we you know, share with our spouse anything, and if we're using those good communication skills, then we'll make it work And let me right. say something about Dr. Phil. A lot of people don't know this. This is, this is fellowship history. Dr. Phil, before he had the Oprah anointing, was a member of Fellowship Church and served in our parking crew. Dr. Phil! Yeah, he did. And he was out there, he's a monster, big old intimidating guy, you know? Had that parking vest on, it was skin tight. What don't you get? It was like, I'm scaring people. <laughs> he did not say that. <laughs> yeah, he hails from Irving, Texas. Oh, he's from Irving. All roads lead to and from Irving. Irving, Texas. I don't think he was born the there, but he was there for a long time. No, long he long. was. Isn't that great? Dr. Phil. Yes. Dr. Phil. We've got so, a lot of, I don't, one, one day I'm going to do a message on all of the celebrities, and many of them I don't recognize, who've cycled through Fellowship Church over the years. You wouldn't believe it. We've got Academy Award-winning actors, actors, 
producer, uh, athlete. It's, it's, it's really funny. But really, let's all the people just... who've come through here over the years. Anyway, hashtag so, humbled. Number nine, thou, sh thou shalt not psychoanalyze. No, don't do leave, that. Leave leave the the therapy to a licensed therapist. If you read a book and you, um, somebody <laughs> was taking a picture. I just thought I'd wave because what you were saying, I wasn't really paying attention to. So what were you saying? Because yeah. oftentimes we'll read a book yes. and a self-help book for ourselves, but then we'll start applying it to every single person we know. Yeah. And the first person we try it out on is our spouse. So if you, <laughs> if you need to walk into a Christian counselor's office, do that. Go to counseling. Go to counseling. Number 10, thou shalt not change lanes. Keep the issue the issue. Don't veer off into other issues. Keep the issue the well, issue. Well, what I'm doing is when I'm getting, uh, uh, like, like when you're beating me in an argument, I'll, I'll tend to jump and change lanes real quick because I don't want to absorb, you know, the, 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 the lost. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna add two things to this, okay? okay? There's two things that I just thought of. Another thing that we have to remember, don't, when you have a conflict, don't air it out in public. Don't take your dirty laundry oh, outside for everyone to see. That's so good. It is so important to remember that your marriage is sacred and your conflict is sacred. And it's only intended for very, uh, very few people. And it's a trusted counselor or a trusted confidant, but that would be one or two people at the most, and I would say more likely one. But the first person who you deal with with your conflict is the spouse. So don't air your dirty laundry. In keeping with that thought, when you're at a party or you're at a social gathering, that is not a time to ever belittle your spouse in public. I hear conversations sometimes, and I think men are more guilty of this than anybody. Well, we've talked about our faults here, um, women's faults, what women tend to do versus men, okay. but to take a pot shot at their spouse, Kinda. demeaning, uh, degrading, and it, it, it's, it's lathered up and packaged in humor, but that humor is hurtful. Don't do that. If you need to pick, take a pot shot or a humorous poke at somebody, take it to yourself. Because the ability to laugh at yourself is a huge quality that makes us successful But in you life. can joke each other. Yeah, we do. But you and I know that... Yeah. No, you, you never belittle me in public. Never. No, oh ever, no, ever, no. Ever. But and we joke around too, a lot. Yes, we do. But we know the rhythm of our relationship. Joking, yeah. And... That's something that must be communicated in private. Yeah, you don't be little like you don't you use your spouse as the butt of a joke. Or, right, yeah, right, 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 right. And you never do that with no. me or our family from this stage. And the reason you don't do it from this stage is because the bigger stage is the stage no of question. life that, that he never does that to Brilliant. me. And hopefully and prayerfully, I never do that to him. So truthfully, tenderly, timely, tactfully, 10 commandments, that's it. We've got the information about what marriage is, so now we have the application for what marriage does. Woo. Let's Love pray it. together. Father, at all of our campuses, we pray for the marriages, those marriages that are thriving, those marriages that are barely surviving. We pray for those who are thinking about marriage, those who are single, and you may be saying, you know, I don't even have marriage on the horizon, but most will get married. Father, may we take this information and apply it 
And may we live out the gospel. In Christ's name we pray. And everybody said, 